Bonfire Press and Studio Erbo present Chronicles of the Essence God, Children of the Essence, by Eric J. Cockrell and Chuck Pino, read by Michael Goodrick. Chapter 6, Return to Essence House. Flo was used to heat, but as she exited the cab, the humidity of Melbourne, Florida hit her like a brick wall. There was a reason she decided to live on the West Coast. Well, two, really. And one was the uncomfortable heat. Thanks, Mark. If you could hold here for a few, I have a feeling I won't be long. She began her trek up the front walkway. Of course, she couldn't break from thinking about now, the second reason for her living on almost the exact other side of the country. Rick, wow, you startled me. She stepped back as a door flew open, and her older brother stepped out to greet her on the steps. Well, greet is a word for it. She could only assume he was really heading her off from entering his home. Flo, he nodded, his hand resting on a cane and his posture just as crooked and shaky as she recalled. You look well, but the answer is no. Rick, I'm not here to accept no for an answer. I literally never am, and you are well aware of that. And you look like you're holding up all right. She sidestepped her brother and held his door open, motioning for him to join her inside. I've been better, but I've also been worse. Come on in, I suppose. Rick walked past her and made his way down the hall. Flo followed as they turned to enter a large family room with a tall vaulted ceiling. Nice place, she said as she took a look around the room. Rick, I've left the meter running. I don't intend to hold you up very long. The essence, right? Something's happened and you want to use the essence? Rick practically barked. He slunk back into a recliner and rested his cane along the arm of the chair. Rick, Celeste has gone missing. As Flo spoke, her voice cracked and a tear ran down her cheek. Rick closed his eyes and rested his head back into the seat. And you think I have some kind of magic time travel item that will take you back to before she ran away, right? Well, I don't. That power leads to nothing good, and I will have nothing to do with it. I don't know what you expect of me, Flo, but I want nothing to do with any of this. What I expect from you? To begin with, perhaps a little compassion. Would you expect this of me if Tristan was missing? Oh, sorry, speaking of kids that actually ran away from their miserable parent. Flo normally would not stoop to such an insult, but she had been growing more and more fed up with her brother's demeanor in recent years. The two sat in uncomfortable silence for a few minutes. Rick stood up, reached down, and picked up his cane. Flo looked up as he approached. Flo, you're right. I am miserable. It's the essence that led to my misery. And quite frankly, I'm not willing to allow its access to scar this family any further. Rick spoke. Rick, I need access to the house, Flo said with a quiver in her voice. The house is gone. It's all gone. And that's all for the better. Flo, I'd love to help you and Celeste, but I cannot. Rick sounded sympathetic for the first time that visit. Now, if you happen to find Father Stick, that might get you where you need to go. But nobody knows where that is, right? He added with a sarcastic undertone. Flo stood up. I'm done here, Rick. I do wish you were more than a shell of who you were. I miss my brothers. But the way you've shut everyone out, you may as well be buried in the ground with Andrew right now. I hope you can find some semblance of happiness. Tristan deserves a father in his life. Now, that is something we both agree on. 
He deserves his mother, too. But the essence that you seek to use took that from us all. Safe travels, Flo. Best of luck with Celeste. I'm sure she'll turn up. Rick walked to the door and pulled it open for his sister. Flo strode out the door and down the steps. She turned around and looked up at her brother. Then she turned back around and headed toward her cab. Flo! A voice called out from behind her. She turned again and he stepped forward. I'm not trying to be mean. I'm acting in everyone's best interest. Stay away from the house and go back home. She will turn up. Goodbye, Rick. Flo turned and headed back toward her taxi. She opened the passenger side rear door and slipped into the seat. Did you get what you need, ma'am? The gentleman driver asked. Looks like I'm heading home empty-handed, I'm afraid, Flo responded. Please take me back to the airport. Melbourne Orlando International Airport. The taxi pulled up to the curb, and for the second time that day, Flo walked into the open foyer of an airport. She made her way to the airline counter and asked, Hi, I need a flight back to San Francisco. What's your next available? The tall blonde lady behind the counter typed at her keyboard and stared intently at her monitor, and in a more chipper than appreciated voice said, Looks like we've got an open seat in a couple hours. Can I book you a flight? Flo reached into her purse and pulled out her wallet. Yes, please do. They completed the transaction, and Flo was given a ticket. She continued through the facility, the TSA, passing the baggage check, and found herself at a terminal with some time to spare. Flo took a seat near the large window overlooking the runway. Suddenly, her phone began vibrating in her pocket. She pulled it out, took a look at the name on the screen, and pushed the button on her screen that answered the call. Hey, I've been meaning to call you, she spoke gently. Meaning to call me? I'm not your dentist. I'm your husband, Flo. Our daughter is missing. I should be the first person you called. Marcus sounded more concerned than angry, but she could tell he was not happy. I'm sorry, Marcus. How much did Elise tell you? She asked. It's this Essence stuff again. And you went to see your monster of a brother for help? He hasn't helped a soul but himself since he crashed that plane. You know that. Come home, baby. We can figure this out together. Marcus requested with concern. I'm waiting for a plane now. You're right. Rick was no help. He said the house is gone. I mean, I knew the house was knocked down after the accident, but I guess I hoped he kept something that could be of some help. I just don't know what to do, Marcus. I'm scared. I thought for a second Rick was going to come through, but all he did was warn that I stay away from the house. She sounded hopeless. Stay away from the house? The one that was bulldozed and hauled away? Marcus quizzed his wife. Yeah, why would I need to stay away? She asked herself. Wait, baby. You probably should stay away. Come on back and we'll figure this out together. The dial tone interrupted a sentence. Flo stood up and once again headed to the airline counter. Can I help you? This time it was an average height brunette woman. I'd like a seat on your next plane into LaGuardia, Flo replied. Just as before, the lady at the desk pecked at her keyboard and looked up. We have a red eye with a seat at 2 a.m. Will that work for you? That will do. Absolutely. Thank you. Flo smiled as she pulled out her wallet again. With the transaction complete, Flo headed to her new terminal. She took a seat again by the window and pulled out her phone. 24 missed calls and 7 voicemails. She was looking at an uncomfortable return when she was ready to head back to San Francisco. 
She would be arriving in New York City pretty early in the morning, so she phoned an old friend to arrange a ride, slid her phone back into her bag, and rested her head back against the window. The weight of the day caught up with her and hung heavy on her eyelids. With a few blinks, she was out. June 17th, 2012, LaGuardia Airport, New York, New York. Flo wished she felt more refreshed. The few hours of sleep before her flight, combined with a couple hours on the flight, would normally have helped. But the stress of that day continued to affect her even on a subconscious level. Florence Edmund, as I live and breathe. A familiar voice rang from an old sedan in the pickup circle. Flo tossed her arm in the air and waved, then made her way to the passenger side door. The handle clanked as she pulled the door open and slipped in. Barnabas, you old coot, how the hell are you? She leaned over for a big hug from her old caretaker. Miss Florence, it has been many a year. I was surprised to get your call. There's not much left out here for your family these days. I didn't expect to see much of you guys for several more years. Welcome back. He smiled and pulled the car away from the curb into the road, excited to catch up with someone that he too considered family. Barnabas, it's just Flo, and I wish I was here on more pleasant business. I'm not even sure how much of it I can discuss with you. There's probably more to my family than you're aware, and in a lot of ways, you're better off for it, she began to explain. Flo, I've served your family since before you arrived, Barnabas began. How much do you know about the essence Flo interrupted. I'd say I know a fair amount, Barnabas chuckled to himself. Of course, he knew a fair amount about the Essence. As the head of the Essence Guard, there were probably few people with that information at their fingertips. It's a pity what became of it. What became of it? Flo was confused. The house was demolished. Not much there these days, Barnabas explained. I don't believe that. I mean, I know of its destruction, but I don't believe it's gone. Flo protested. Then where is it? Barnabas asked. Flo was quick to answer. That's what I mean to figure out. Rick doesn't want me near it, and that tells me that it still exists. I can take you to the site. I've been there many times, though. There isn't even rubble there anymore, Barnabas informed her. Barnabas, Celeste is missing, and she used the essence. I don't know if I'll be able to use it to find her or not, but my options are almost non-existent at this point, and I will find my daughter. Flo was fierce. I'm so sorry, Flo. Of course, I'll help you as much as I'm able. Barnabas couldn't imagine answering any other way. Once they left the city, the rest of the drive to Sands Point was fairly relaxing. The two reminisced over a variety of stories of Flo and her two brothers' escapades. They also shared their accounts of the accident that took her eldest brother's life, and left Rick a broken man. Barnabas really was like family. He even choked up over Rick more than she could ever bring herself to. Well, here we are, Barnabas announced. A field of green lay before them. Trees dotted the landscape along with a bit of debris. Part of a fence still surrounded the lot, though the wrought iron fence announcing the residence was long ripped out. The location more resembled a cemetery than a family home, but here it sat. Here sat Essence House. You weren't kidding. Have you walked the grounds? Flo asked after a long pause. Not much my legs will see that my eyes haven't already, dear, Barnabas replied. But if you insist, I'll gladly accompany you. I'd like that. Even if not for physical support, I could probably use a friend emotionally right now. 
she responded with a smile. The walk was just as she remembered, besides the destination missing and much of the long driveway turned to gravel. You and your brothers played tag out here a lot, Barnabas remembered fondly. Actually, later, little Elise even used your favorite hiding spot under the porch. Flo got a warm feeling. I do appreciate a legacy. The pair approached the ruins of the house. The outline remained, but nearly any other sign of the Essence House was vacant. It's as I said, Barnabas paused. Gone. I'm sure it's not, Flo said with confidence. She stood there squinting, surveying the land. What's that over there? More debris. The house is clearly gone. We can't just will it back into existence, Flo. We're going to have to let it go. Let's head into town. I'll enlist the rest of the guard to help, and we'll find another way, Barnabas pleaded. The guard? You're a little more involved than you let on, Barney, she smiled. Yes, a little bit more. Barnabas smiled back, and then raised his arm into the air and made some gestures with his hand. He stood there and stared off into the distance. Three figures suddenly appeared from different sides of the lot, walking toward the pair. What is this, Barnabas? Flo asked. Eyes squinted in an attempt to make out their details. They're with me. They are the members of your grandfather's old guard that are on duty today, the elder explained. Master Krimke, how may I serve you? said the first man that approached. He stood in average height and in fair shape, while a little overweight. Jace, I've told you, Barnabas would do. Barnabas patted him on the shoulder and smiled. Wait, you're the head of the Essence Guard? You failed to mention that. Flo was baffled. Barnabas turned to Flo. It never came up, he smiled. Really, these days, being part of the Guard feels mostly ceremonial. We don't have much purpose watching over a vacant lot. The other two men approached Jace and they began speaking. Men, Barnabas began, I would like one of you to assist Florence here in examining her family's estate. The other two of you can accompany me back to HQ. We have some things to discuss. I'll stick around, sir. You can count on me to keep her safe, Jace said, stepping forward. Barnabas chuckled. Oh, my friend, she's an Edmund. She won't have much need for your protection. The men all looked at each other upon hearing her surname. Just be a gentleman and don't make her lift any heavy rocks, Barnabas demanded before heading back to his car. Barnabas, Flo shouted. He turned back with a smile and Flo approached him. You are such a terrific friend to this family. I just want you to know that I appreciate everything. Young lady, it will always be my pleasure. I recognize it's easier to say than to do, but do not worry too much about young Celeste. You come from a resilient line, and I'm sure she's just as much a spitfire as her mother always was. Barnabas offered comfort as he reached for a hug. The two embraced, and the elder of the two turned and left. Flo jogged back toward the outline of the house. She was sure there was something there. She could literally feel an energy in the air around her. She walked the outline of the house, memories flooding back to her. The large front room where she would build puzzles with her father as a child. The kitchen where Mrs. Gianni taught her how to bake a cake. The hallways that she and her brothers would run through playing any variety of games. She stopped to wipe back a tear. The reading room stood in front of her. She could still see some cracked lattice that lined the wall on the outside. That was followed by the bathroom that she gave herself her first haircut, much to her father's chagrin. 
Then, extending from the back was the exterior entrance to the basement and wine cellar. The wood doors still lay there in rough shape, and other pieces of wood and rock lay above them. She circled the mess and could make out something underneath. Well, more like nothing underneath. There was a void where the ground would be. Flo looked at her feet and found a rock. She picked it up and tossed it down there. It dropped a good five feet and hit the ground, sending back a quiet clank noise. Hey, Jace, can you give me a hand? She began clawing at the boards and stone, flinging them to the side. Jace approached and followed suit. After a little bit of time and a whole lot of work, there lay before them a square pit with several steps heading down under the property. I'll go first and make sure it's safe, Jace said as he stepped towards the stairs. Flo reached out and grabbed his arm. I will be all right. You stay in guard out here. She brushed past the guard and headed down the steps. Jace stood overhead and watched as the woman vanished from his sight. It was dark, completely void of light ahead of her. Flo made her way across a room, carefully feeling in front of her. Every now and then, her foot would kick some glass bottles. She eventually made her way to a familiar staircase. She ascended the staircase and ran into a door. Placing both hands on the door, she gave it a hard push. The door swung open, and she found herself inside a kitchen. Not just any kitchen, the kitchen of Essence House. She knew the house was still here, even if it had been demolished. She didn't know how she knew, but she knew it'd be here somewhere. As she stood there, a kettle on the stove behind her whistled. She jumped and turned. From behind her, she heard footsteps approach. There she is. Flo's shoulders dropped and she relaxed. You always knew everything, so of course you were expecting me. She picked up one of the two cups on the counter and set a teabag into it. Her father, Roland, smiled and poured some hot water over the bath and handed her a spoon. So nice to see you, Flo. You look well. He lifted his tea to his lips and sipped. Flo set her tea down and wrapped her arms around her father. He reached over and set his cup down as well and embraced his daughter. Oh, Daddy, I'm so lost, she began. You? I hardly believe that. Sit down. Tell me what's going on and let's see if we can sort this out. Roland picked up his tea and headed into the front parlor. Flo followed and took a seat across from where he had planted himself. I don't even know where to begin, Flo started. Roland interrupted. Are you happy? Flo sat there with a look of confusion. Happy? I'm scared, frustrated, angry. Roland persisted. But are you happy? I need to know. Are you happy in life? I need to know that I am right about you. Flo stopped and considered the question. Yes, I'm very happy, Dad. I really am. I'm sorry for how I came to you a while back. I was out of line. I've grown up a bit. California has been good to me. California? Wow. Good. Carry on. He leaned back and sipped his tea. Dad, Celeste has gone missing, and she took your walking stick, Flo explained. Celeste is your, he started. Daughter, she finished, smiling through her worry. Daughter, excellent. What year is it? he asked. 2012, she replied. Then it can't be my walking stick anymore. It sounds like it was your walking stick when she took it, Roland smiled. 
This isn't funny. I'm terrified that she's hurt, or worse. I can't get to her. She could be at any place or any time. Flo was clearly frustrated. Flo, my dear, it is not funny, but I can help you. You're in luck. Roland walked across the room and reached into the corner to pick something up. I sure don't feel lucky, Flo responded. Roland turned and tossed her his walking stick. You are in luck, because I haven't given you the stick yet, but you better return it when you're done. Flo grabbed the stick out of midair. I will never understand how any of this works, and once I get my daughter back, I don't even want to know. When you visited me before, it must have been at a later, he began. Dad, I said I don't even want to know, she cut him off. So how do I use it to find Celeste now? Roland stepped toward Flo and took her hands and placed them on the top of the stick. The stick takes you to any place or time that you want. Hold on tight and concentrate on Celeste and let it bring you to that beautiful granddaughter of mine. Thanks, Daddy. I'll be back. I promise. She hugged Roland once more. He kissed his daughter on the forehead once again and stepped back as the winds of change swirled around her, carrying her to her next destination. Theme music by Carol Cockrell. 